0: You know what this podcast needs? it's not more cowbell. It's more aboriginal Australian instruments like the degeridoo. Shout out to Ed Drury who wrote, learn to play the degeridoo many years ago. And my apologies to my friends down under for how horrible this is, but I've been meaning to do this for several episodes and I keep forgetting. So, Wow. That was horrible if you want to hear some real digeradu music and have your mind blown look up on spotify digeradu whatever there's also digeradu trance because the the beat is kind of the same hey welcome to i kiss alcohol goodbye this is your original host dana Um, i am sans austin today because unfortunately she is feeling under the weather and you know what i'm uh highly caffeinated and motivated as usual And she's like, do you want to just do the episode by yourself? And I said, how about we do this? Because I'm like itching to record something. I'm itching. Al and I wanted to like get on here and say or do something. So we hope you enjoy this episode. This is the first part of part two. This is part 2A of the Itty Bitty Shitty Committee Series. We're going to talk about Gil, a.k.a. Gilt. He is the treasurer of the Itty Bitty Shitty Committee, and he stores up all the guilt. Oh, Gil. God love him. Not so much. Uh, he is a dirtbag, and I wanted to have better adjectives ready, but since I don't have my pod partner here, we can't have that wonderful, playful banter, and um, Al will probably just say, like, we don't like him. Oh, my God. It's like, a, it's like a cookie monster voice. Like, I need to work. Al, I'm going to get it right, buddy. So here's how we're going to do this. This is going to be episode um, 16, and then uh, it's the part A of part two of the series that we're doing on the Itty Bitty Shit Committee, which is Barry, and um, he is the secretary of the committee. He records, diligently records all the embarrassing things that we've done in the past uh, or the present or that we are probably about to do, uh, and he uh, then passes those things along to Gil, who is the second member is the treasure. And then, you know, we talked last time about how um, uh, Austin had made the great point that it's like, it's like Barry is the entry. Like embarrassment is like the, oh man, I'm so embarrassed about what I just did or what just happened. Uh, And then guilt is like the looking back at multiple things that have happened over time. You're like, oh my God, it's not just, Man, I can't believe I did that. It's like I can't believe I did that for the umpteenth time. So, um, you know, Barry's like writing it down, writing it down, and then over time, it like turns into treasure for Gil. So Gil can be like, I had this picture of like Uncle Scrooge with me money, but then he like takes b- bounces off the friggin' uh, diving board, and <laughs> so instead of diving into gold coins, he's diving into all the <laughs> all the crap. That, uh, that we give him in our brains. Uh, there's like this little money, there's like this little guilt bin in our brain and that's uh, where Gil is. So you're gonna get me, uh, unfortunately for you guys, we're back to the early days of I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye where I don't have anybody but Al to try to corral my insane energy and my loquaciousness and whatnot. But um, you are gonna get Austin in part B to whatever, the next installment of guilt. So this will be a mini episode, probably about half the length. Of The usual one, which means that I'll probably end up talking for twice as long as I think, and it'll be a normal episode. But it's important to talk about guilt, because um, I have endured a lot of guilt in the last month. Um, And I know that a lot of my sober family members that uh, I talk to on a daily basis have been dealing with a lot of guilt issues lately. So I think it's really good timing. Uh, Not that there's a good timing for guilt it's a good time to talk about guilt. Let's talk about guilt, baby. Uh, yeah, let's, hey, Gil, let's talk about you and me. And before I do any more cringeworthy early nineties references, uh, I will just say, Austin, we love you. Uh, hate that you weren't able to be here today. I know that you are like, I feel so bad. I get mad. Hey, listen, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're taking care of you and we love you. And the audience is going to be super excited when you're back. I'm going to be super excited when you're back so that I don't worry about like, oh, my God, am I talking too long? Are my eyebrows too big? Or all kinds of crazy things that run through my head in addition to the embarrassment, guilt and shame. So thank you for joining us, uh, Sober Family, if this is your first time listening to this little podcast. Uh, I am uh, Dana. I'm 42. I'm a former army chaplain. And uh, just started a job at Taco Bell today. It was pretty awesome. I went from being in the uh, 75th Ranger Regiment, jumping out of airplanes uh, with barrel-chested freedom fighters to being an assistant storm manager at Lowe's when I left active duty and left the National Guard to being a box slinger at UPS and Amazon. And now you know what I did today for four hours and 36 minutes. I took people's money at the window at Taco Bell and I had fun. And I don't give a shit because I'm sober. 105 days sober, bitches. Take that alcohol. Take that Budweiser. I know you have an NA option. Good for you. But still, read between the lines because you guys are targeting people uh, like us who just let you do it. And uh, shame on you. So, um, yeah, says the hypocritical guy who drank for you know almost 30 years. But still, uh, before I get going, before I'm distracted by more shiny objects, I don't want to forget to mention this is a T-shirt. Is really comfortable. It was made by my friend, our friend Rodolfo Kirshner, who was a guest on episode number five when we did the masculine round t- round table on masculinity and alcohol. Rodolfo was down on uh, down in Texas. He was on a bus on the way to see his kids for the weekend, and man, he shared some beautiful golden nuggets in that. So, um, his company, his t shirt company, and his um, handle on Instagram is hairless. Hairless lion. There it is. For those of you who are watching the video, uh, that's his logo. And he started these, this particular t-shirt he's at hairless lion one, by the way, on Instagram, he started this particular t-shirt campaign. And I meant to do this several episodes ago when I got it. uh, But for a little girl who had cancer, they have wrapped up that fundraiser now. uh, But it was like the family wanted to stay anonymous, but he Rodolfo out of the goodness of his heart was basically doing these things for cost uh, and so if you would like to reach out to Rodolfo to buy, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a t-shirt snob. Like I, I really don't, it has to be the right texture and stuff. This is like that perfect where it's not too cottony. It's not too rayon It's not too moisture. It's like that really soft, comfortable moisture wicky kind of t-shirt and the colors are vibrant and beautiful at hairless lion one on, uh, Instagram. And I'm going to double check that to make sure I didn't dork it, um, uh, real quick, <laughs> The other thing that I would like to shout out before I get going about Gil, uh, thank you all for enduring this 10 minute or whatever it's been intro where I'm rambling about God knows what, it is Pride Month, and I would like to shout out all of our LGBTQIA plus uh, friends and sober family. Uh, if you have not checked out the Sober Gay podcast, like you need to look up these guys because Dylan Gay, and he says in the intro, of the thing he's like, and yes, that is my last name. Dylan Gay and Aubrey is his buddy. I forget Aubrey's last name. They are hilarious. And their latest episode that they released uh, about six weeks ago on April 19th, I listened to it this morning. Like I was in stitches. Like these guys are awesome. And they talk about transfer addictions in that episode. But if you just go back and listen to their early, uh, even just their first episode, like these guys have this great chemistry on air. They're out in Denver. Um, and they did a link. Uh, their episode, their most recent episode, was sponsored by a local vendor called MoodyBooty.com, and there's like a 10% promo code for you, Denver folks that want to go there, or you can order it online. They've got some really cool sober T-shirts and some some sober gay T-shirts that are just phenomenal. So happy Pride Month to our sober family. If you are a non-cisgender white male average dude like this guy who is from the Midwest, et cetera. Um, thank you for being who you are because you enrich a lot of people's lives. And my life is so much better now that I have more than just the token gay friend. Like, yeah, well, I knew this guy. you know, Yeah, we're friends. And oh, I think he's really cool. No, like I've got like gay friends now who I like are like family because they're in my sober family. And you inspire me because uh, not that... Uh, Alcohol recovery is easy for anyone, Uh, like we talked about on our last episode with Mark Schultz, who is in New York City, a cartoonist and a marketer and advertiser and is a mid-40s gay man. And he, um, listen, you've got to watch that episode too. I mean, if you need to stop this episode, it's not going to, whatever I say here is not going to be as good as what Mark said uh, in that episode. Uh, Austin, Austin and I were blown away. And last shout out before I start about Gil. Uh, and the guilt is that Mark started his own podcast called The Gangly Flamingo. If you remember from that episode, we said something and he's like, I'm mentally gangly. And his favorite, his spirit animal is the flamingo. And so he, uh, we said, I said, yeah, you've got mental gangle. Like we've got mental gangles. And so he, listen, Mark ran with it and he uh, put together a really great podcast that I am super excited to continue listening to. So check out Mark at the Gangly Flamingo podcast, which is on YouTube. And uh, you can look look him up on Instagram. I believe it's just at Gangly Flamingo. Uh, so with all of that said, I'm going to first talk about uh, my experience with Gil. And then Austin had uh, sent a question to me earlier via text that I'll read and I'll start to try to answer her question. But what we would like for you to do is to submit between now and between this little episode, part 2A, episode point whatever the hell it is we want you guys and gals out there to send us either via Instagram, via our, um, our Gmail, which I'll give you in a second or whatever means you want to, you can send us a message through Spotify or on anchor, our podcast hosting service. There's a way to send us a voice message and we won't like play your message or whatever. And if you want to remain anonymous, all you have to do is just say that in the note or your, your message to us. Um, and we'll just anonymize it by saying, you know, Bob from Kansas or whatever. Uh, you know, ask this question or we'll just change your name into whatever you want. If you want to go by like, you know, Billy Bob instead of Bob or some crap, that's all good. Uh, But our Gmail is ikagbpod at gmail.com. Conveniently, that is also our Twitter handle at ikagbpod. And then that is also our Instagram, our joint Instagram at ikagbpod. And I said it three times. So like my marketing (laughs) <laughs> my marketing friend mark will be proud of me because people might remember that now uh you may have already known that because you're here so with all of that said i've been rambling for about 10 or 11 minutes god that's a long intro you guys are like man this is what the podcast was like before austin came along to like hey gain dana like hey refocus you know like if, if y'all are the praying type you need to pray for my wife because the adhd is the struggle is real for this guy like oh my god um so Gil. Yeah, Gil has. Um, Gil, unfortunately, I have allowed him to take way too much of a spotlight in my mental life. He has brought up shit from like 30 years ago. Uh, I, I mean, to me, everything, anything and everything fair game for Gil. It doesn't have to have anything to do with alcohol. Because that alcohol problem, like that itty bitty shitty committee, is like the. But I mean, I man, I'm hacking on Budweiser. It's like big alcohol has got like itty bitty shitty committee on the payroll. And like, hey man, like we just want you to get inside people's heads and start screwing with them so they start drinking. They keep giving us the money. So, uh, like, uh, God, my voices are so cringe. My my son's gonna be like, Dad, please stop doing the voices. Uh, but, Gil, uh, is on the payroll of the shitty committee who likes to get you down on yourself. And we're just at the medium level too here with guilt. We're not even to the shame yet where it's like, man, I screwed up a lot. You know, shame is when we get to the point where we're like, I am a failure as a person. It's not just, I failed. Embarrassment is like, man, I really failed there. Guilt is like, oh my God, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, epic fail, whatever. <laughs> and then shame, which we'll talk about um, in part three, episode whatever it ends up being, uh, that will be where we get to the point where it's like, I am a disaster as a person and I am worthless. So Gil as the intermediate level, um, I've kind of lived there with him because every time such a, I've been such a perfectionist that it's like anything that I do would be like, I would go ahead and let Barry pass that note to Gil and I would let Gil say, ooh, 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 you screwed up this little thing. Like today, I gave somebody the wrong change. And, and immediately, Gil was like, oh, my God, see, here we go. You can't even fucking make change. Like you went for being a store manager in the cash office, you can't even like make change to a lady who gave you $5. And like, you know, it immediately goes into this stuff. Like all these neural pathways for decades that I've been hardwired because it was like, I got to be, I got to good, I got to be no do for you veteran listeners and the especially Army. It's like, be no do. If you're going to be a leader, you got to be, no, and do. And you got to like lead from the front and all that stuff that makes the mission get accomplished that also destroys you in the process as a leader because they're like, oh, you're supposed to take care of yourself as a leader, but that's not really what they mean. And it's the same way in corporate America. Like, I mean, there are companies that do it better than others. There are military units that do it better than others. Um, and, and even when I was in the fastest paced unit that I was in, um, and we had a family emergency uh, where Addy delivered our third son prematurely. There were two other guys that covered my deployment for like 90 days. Each of them took 45 days in Afghanistan for me. So like, there are units that do it the right way, but by and large, big corporate structures are built for what? We're in a, we're in a free market capitalist economy and I'm not gonna go into like super like, oh, Dana's communist and all that because kind of Whatever, you can call me whatever you want. I'm a fascist anarchist. <laughs> for you ferris fans there you go um so oh god i'm distracting myself the um i need to go see that top gun movie by the way because my mom was i was like oh honey you look like maverick and i was like mother other than than the eyebrows maybe like there ain't no maverick going on here but i did see top gun in 1986 when i was six years old and it did make me want to go be a naval aviator so oh we'll hope that this current one top gun maverick will uh help boost the Navy's uh, enlist rights or whatever. Uh, my hat's off to all the sailors, by the way, out there. So, uh, soldiers, sailors, airmen and Marines, but especially to the Navy, because when, when the global war on terror came along, the Navy was like, uh, we we've been doing deployments for months and months for basically ever. So y'all need to like get over yourselves. So and um, Addie's dad is a Navy veteran, a Vietnam veteran. And just uh, my dad was a Marine. just my hat's off to uh, our sailors. And their families. Anyway, where was I guilt? It was like I was making change and Gil came in and was like, look, look, look. Remember, here's the like all these other things that I've done wrong in that realm, whatever neural like little node got activated it was like, oh, this, this, this. Remember at Lowe's? Remember that one time. Remember when you were at BP 25 years ago and you were or whatever you know, like, or you, you know, put debits right and credits left or something, or you didn't carry the two right on your freaking taxes or some shit. Like, you know, God, it's so frustrating. And so Gil, if you let him give Gil an inch, he will take 10 miles. That bastard loves to take your stuff. And like, he loves to be like, this isn't just a little like, little piece of kindling that's going to go out. And this isn't a little match that you struck that's going to go out. No, Gil takes that match and he throws it in the dumpster of all the other shite from decades, perhaps uh, in all kinds of realms. And he's like, look at that dumpster fire. Your life is a dumpster fire right away. I was like, see, I can't hack it. I couldn't hack it as a, you know, that's why I'm making, you know, 13 bucks an hour at Taco Bell right now. Like I really, come on, brain. Come on, brain. Like, just stop. We're going to rewire that stuff. And the only way we're going to rewire it is we are going to do that. It ain't going to be me. I mean, Al's going to help me, which is you know disturbing because I'm talking to Al and I make him talk back to me. We've got a connection though. It's cool. And <laughs> so, you know, I can't rely on this myself to beat Gil. I, I cannot. It will not happen. If you have let Gil into your life, I, I will go ahead and make a categorical broad brush statement and say, um, unless you're some kind of miracle worker and you've got divine intervention or the universe or whatever, good on you. That has not been my experience. My experience is when I've tried to talk myself out of holes that Gil, uh, that I've let Gil, uh, d- that I'm actually digging for Gil um, through lots of berry stuff. And then I dig, 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 dig. And then before I know it, Gil's like, hey, look where we are. We're down in a big, nice treasure pit of guilt. And I'm not able to climb out of that myself. By that point, like maybe you can get over embarrassment on your own. But at this second level, mm, you're, already, you're already about, you're more than six feet under at this point. Like guilt will bury you if you let it. So what I've had to do and the reason why this 105 days is different than the last 105 days two years ago is because I've got this sober family who... Um, keeps me accountable and who inspires me every day whenever I'm coming off the pink cloud or I'm not as caffeinated as usual. um, Then I see someone else who is doing better and they're able to tell me like, Hey dude, like you're doing better than you think you are. I know what the feels are right now, but I love you and you don't have to love yourself right now. All you got to do is just trust me that you're not a flaming dumpster fire. Okay. And then you go, all right, I guess it's theoretically possible that I'm not a dumpster fire. And then that's the first step. That's, that's like you, like someone's throwing you a rope and that's you going like, I don't really want to hold on to that rope and start trying to like climb up yet. But I will acknowledge that the rope is there, that no, I'm not going to hang myself with that rope. Again, sorry for any triggers here. Um, if you're inside the, that suicidal window, just just reach out to somebody, okay? If you're inside that 48 hours and you somehow stumbled on this episode and you're inside that couple day window where you've like made a plan, you're writing letters and you're tidying up your affairs, call that national suicide uh, awareness prevention hotline and just talk to somebody. Okay. Just let them talk to you. Okay. And just, just go in and you can say, I'm ready to do this. You can say whatever you want to them. They're going to listen to you and they're going to let you say and feel what you, what you feel. (laughs) None of us are going to want you to feel it, but, but you're feeling it. And so I like, I have, I don't know that I've ever been truly suicidal. I don't know that I got so far down into the pit with Gil that Seamus uh, the chairman of the committee with the, who like loves to like press you down in and suffocate you with the shame and like finish you off, finish him. Like Seamus, Seamus is like a, Oh, are you can okay? Like he's the guy that comes in and you're like, eh, eh right. And, and then you come it and do that. It's like fatality. I'm not trying to joke about suicide guys. I'm being serious that these are the feels. This is what it's like to be on the ropes I may have never been inside that 48-hour window where I was making a plan and actually going to do this, but I've had these thoughts of like, what if I weren't here? Would things be better without me here? I have been helpless. I felt helpless, hopeless, worthless. I regularly feel like life is pointless, especially since my faith got—I like, my, my faith just imploded um, within the last couple of years, especially the last year. And so, like, I have routinely, on a daily basis, think like, what's the point? I mean, I've got a beautiful wife and three amazing boys that live in this here house, and they're great. And they are my why, along with all of you in the sober family. And that's not lip service. That's not sunshiny bullshit. I mean it. They are my why. You are my why. But if you're inside that place, it's not funny. It's like, well, okay, I'm gonna do this, and um, like, just know that you're loved. Okay. Even if you're in that place, I need you to listen to my voice and hear me say, you are loved please believe me. You don't have to love yourself where you're at right now. You just need all, you don't need to do anything. I'm going to ask you to let us love you. Let somebody love you. Let somebody just let somebody listen. Okay. It's, it's not okay. It's not okay to be suicidal, but it, but it is a normal thought. I mean, it's not okay in the sense that like, we don't want you to be there. Um, But if you are there and thank you all friends who are not suicidal, uh, who's probably 99% of the listeners to this episode. But just in case there's that one, I don't know that we've said this yet on the show, um, but you are loved and you matter whether you believe us or not. And if you'll just call someone and tell them what you're feeling, tell them that you're ready to kill yourself and let them tell you that you're allowed to feel that. You are allowed. There, none of us can stop you from feeling it and saying, I shouldn't feel this. I shouldn't feel this. I shouldn't feel it. You know what? You feel it. So just let yourself feel it. Just please don't act on it yet, okay? Give someone a chance to listen to you. Thank you all for going with this very important tangent. I'm not a geometry whiz. Ugh. My son finished Algebra 1 freshman year this year. And now we got to do like legit geometry next year. I'm like, no, tangent, sine, cosine, trig, and all this crap. Oh my God. Okay, anyway, so with guilt, Guilt is that slippery slope into the deep darkness. Okay, uh, my favorite Edgar Allan Poe story, so freaking creepy and dark, is the and Tiato. One, one about booze. Ah, I never even realized this, but it, but it makes it it's it's very poetic, uh, I guess that and uh, isn't it ironic? Uh, it probably isn't ironic, just like everything in that song. But if you've ever read that story. It's freaking creepy. This guy named Montresor gets this dude that he hates. Um, I forget the guy's name. He gets him super drunk and he takes him down into the catacombs of the family catacombs. This is in somewhere in Italy. And he's like, I've got this great cask of amontillado. This wine, it's choice wine. I need you to come taste this and tell me if you think it's ready, you know, that if it's aged enough or what. And they keep going deeper and deeper in there. He keeps giving them more drinks as they're going deeper and deeper and deeper. What a beautiful, beautifully dark, beautifully in a literary sense not beautiful in a real sense but he's getting this guy drunker and drunker and then he ends up like um walling him up (laughs) at the end of the thing when the guy's like hey he's like yeah yeah it's right in there and there's this final little cubby right this little alcove the guy goes in there he's like hey where is it and Montresor takes him and chains him to the wall and then he starts like using the the masonry like he, he, i mean it's so dark and he walls him up and the guy's like oh <laughs> this is a funny joke this is a funny joke and then he realizes like there's this really chilling line where he says like oh like there's this low groan that the guy lets out this is a really dark episode sorry guys this was not the plan this is like as austin said this is how we did it <laughs> i guess i'll go by i was like man dana maybe you should like not go there but now that I think about it, this is actually I'm glad whatever neural pathway activated here because that is what Gill does to you. Gill invites you into the catacomb, and then Seamus is the one who's like, Gill's like, here, take just take another drink, just have another drink while we're going. Oh, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna show you what's down here. It's gonna be great. And you're like, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Gill's like, it's gonna be okay. And then when you get to the end, there's Seamus who's there who's like, ha ha, thanks, Gill. And they like do a little, they pass it off, and Seamus is the one who will finish you off if you let him, if you let yourself get all the way in there. Now, you can still get out, but it's going to be harder and harder with every step that you take. The more you listen to Gil, the harder it's going to be. And the more people you're going to need to grab you out. Well, if you needed that person to grab you out, hello, and you have an inanimate but very real personality owl here who's like, no, do not give up because you've got hundreds of people who are standing by if you're willing. And if you're not at that place, I get it. Look at this super energetic, super extrovert, all caps. Like 106 days ago, I was like, fuck this. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to talk to people. Um, but I had been on this reframe app for about six weeks. We are not sponsored by them, but I will tell you, it has changed Austin's life. It's changed my life. And there are... um I've met hundreds of people who have said like, if it weren't for this app, like I would totally still be, I would, I would have relapsed. I would, or I might be dead. Um, So look it up or look up an app, just do something. I plead with you every episode. I'm saying, do do something. And then like, no, don't throw your phone in the ocean, whatever that cheesy commercial was. Don't throw it in the ocean. Use your phone to Google or app store or whatever for you. Android uh, sisters and brothers out there type in, sober app or reframe app or help me stop drinking or whatever. Okay. Uh, And, and get on there because if Gil, if you have been listening, if you've let Barry, you know, take so many copious notes about the embarrassing things that you've done, especially when you're drinking, uh, like Barry puts those in like, like he puts those at the top of the pile. Right. So the drinking one, the drinking shame ones come up to the top. He's like, Nope, I'll just keep that one on the top of the pile. And then he keeps passing them. Over to Gil, and Gil's like, hey, 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 and he enters in the ledger, and there's no there's no credits there. It's all debits. It's all debits left. He is a sinister mofo. You Latin people out there caught what I did there. I like to sprinkle in the Latin nuggets when I can so that those five years of my life of studying classical Latin did not go out the window for nothing. Uh, okay. Maybe I'm just being a show off. I don't know. Here we go. We'll have to look up the Latin word for... Um, someone who bloviates or a, someone who is full of themselves. Hopefully that's not me really working on that. I actually said to my wife one time, well, I think I'm a humble person. She was like, that's not a very humble statement. I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Good point. As usual. She had a great point. So listen, if you guys and gals out there, I don't care how old you are, how young you are. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what your, uh, Profit and loss statement says for your, I don't care what your wage is. Take it from this dude who's made lots of wages from $425 an hour minimum wage in 1995 when I started my first legit job, uh, you know, with with a real employer uh, to all the way up to being a maxed out captain in the United States Army and making the civilian equivalent of six figures and come all the almost all the way back down. Take it from this dude. I've been there and done that in a lot of contexts and a lot of places. And I've met and loved and been loved by a lot of people. And let me just tell you that you are not alone. It does not matter what you think you've got on your rap sheet. It doesn't matter what Gil is telling you about the, how guilty you should feel. It's not just man, gosh, that was embarrassing. God, I made a I slipped up and made a stupid mistake. It's like, no, dude, no, you're dumb. You are a dumb person. Only a only a really, really dumb person does those things, or only a really, you know, broken person does those things. Meanwhile, there are millions of other people. Millions. Extreme close up, like Seriously, there are millions of other people who are feeling just like you. I, I don't know millions, but I, I, I tell you, people say things on these uh, reframe Zoom calls and the daily check-ins and on the, the other meetings that they have that are an hour long. And they are, people say stuff and I'm like, oh my God, that's me. And then I'll say something and someone will message me and say, oh my God, that's me. So uh, there's a sick kind of pride going on with us where we think we are a special kind of weird, special kind of dysfunctional. Nope. You're just a regular person having a regular reaction to a regularly addictive substance. And if I'm repeating from previous episodes, which I know I am because I'm riffing on Anna from the ladies round with the millennials, Anna from Beantown. She said it so beautifully. I think it was in like the 48th minute of that episode. You need to go back and listen to it because she said, she, Anna said, I feel like those of us who have drinking problems are the normal ones. And the people who can just have one or two, they're the weirdos. And, and, and we're, we're jealous of them because <laughs> like I want to go be, a, be able to go back to having one or two, but I know I can't because one or two has always, even if I did it once or twice with one or two, it always was the gateway to three or four. And three to four was the tipping point for this guy to lots of nonsense. And the more I drank the more embarrassing things that happen, or the more I was aware of embarrassment, whether it was warranted or not. And then the more Gil just invited himself to the party and was like, hey guys, oh, I heard Barry was here with you. Let me just, oh, don't forget about this stuff over here though. Hey, Barry, remember when you wrote me this memo? (laughs) And then you're like, oh my God, I've got two voices in my head. Yeah, you're stupid now. And you were stupid then. This is, is this your life? If it's not, I'm super jealous of you. And please message us and, and tell us how you do it. Uh, because maybe you worked through it and you've learned how to not have that happen. Um, but it, it gets to the best of us. And I mean, Austin, I've been through some Shiite crap. This, sorry, some shite. I will not say Shiite. That is not for our Muslim listeners and friends. Sorry. Because sometimes I'll say Shiite and I was going to say Shiite. And then I was thinking of shite and I said Shiite. So, my apologies to our Muslim listeners, uh, because I have so much tremendous respect for uh, people of the Islamic faith. So much respect uh, for all of you and the um, the Afghan mullah that I got to work with uh, with our partnered Kandak, our partnered battalion uh, during my long trip to Afghanistan. Uh, we had we had some interesting conversations, and he invited us to a celebration at the end of Eid uh, for the year we were there, and it was great. So anyway. Sorry for playing. the like, I got Muslim friends. I'm just saying, thank you all who are listening. No matter what your background, no matter what your belief system, no matter what your income level, no matter what the color of your skin, what part of the country or world you're from, there is one human race. There is just a human race. And whenever I get asked, what race are you? I put other, or I either put prefer not to say, or I put other, if they have an other option, and then I write human to be snarky. Because these divisions that we've created for ourselves, socioeconomic strata and this kind of crap, it's crap. And Barry and Gill latch on to all of that. They will take anything they can from any area of your life. Maybe you're feeling bad about the $13 an hour Taco Bell job that you just got. And you're like, well, what if somebody sees me at the window and stuff? Like, shut up. Like, Barry, shut up. How's that? You just need to talk back to them, Okay. And you have to have other people when they get, when they gang up on you, when they start tag teaming and trying to seduce you further and further down into that catacomb, getting you, just have another drink, just have a drink, just have a drink, it'll be fine. We're going to show you something even better over here. It'll get better down here. And you're like, oh, no, it won't. Uh, Sisters and brothers out there in my sober family, (laughs) hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. Uh, They are lying. It feels true, but feelings are not facts. Barry and Gill are lying to you. And our friends at big alcohol are using them without, without intentionally doing it. Maybe we'll grant them the benefit of the doubt. They're just trying to provide an alcoholic beverage for people because alcoholic beverages have been part of human culture for thousands of years. Okay. Even if we grant that big alcohol, Barry and Gill inside your brain are using big alcohol to their advantage because they're like, well, we know that, that if he drinks more, if he goes back to drinking, he's going to do more stuff and will still have a job. There are like these parts of your brain that are like, if I don't stay here, if I don't continue to get neurally activated, I'm going to get neuroplasticity out, neuroplastic out. I don't know, whatever. You get the point, right? If you don't know what neuroplasticity is, and, and uh, I, I like using these big words, right? Like, look at me. I know what I'm talking about. Um, I've just learned it through the reframe app. And again, I'm the guy that minored in psych 20 years ago. And I was a pastor who counseled people. So I'm dangerous because I can start to think I know something and start to tell other people I think I know, uh, because I think I I really think I know it when in reality, I just, I'm just making the best effort that I can like everybody else. Um, and so please know no matter where you're from, what you do, what you think about, Anybody, Donald Trump or Joe Biden or any other craziness that's going on in the world today, uh, it's a crazy world we live in, and the easy button is to drink some booze. And, and it's not only the easy button, it's the socially acceptable easy button. It's like, it's okay. It's not only that, it's encouraged. You deserve this drink. You deserve to get that instant, that instant relief from that, but all you're doing when you do it is you're hardwiring more pathways for these sons of bitches, Barry and Gil with all that said, I'm going to, before I forget, I'm going to get to Austin's question because Austin asks a very difficult question. She says, how do you keep guilt from eating away at your soul? And um, I don't remember if this was her question that she had thought of that would be good for us to talk about or if it came from a friend of hers or someone had messaged us. Um, I forgot to check my Instagram before this where I did a story and I said, ask a, a question. And my ADHD kicked in and it, yeah, whatever. So if uh, you sent us a question, and I don't answer it on this part to a whatever of, <laughs> of our ad committees committee series. We will get it to it in part to B point. Two, oh whatever. Um, yeah, how do you keep guilt from eating away at your soul? I mean, Gil is a carnivorous, cannibalistic bastard. Like he is going to try to devour you from the inside out, almost like the image of like, uh, is it Alzheimer's where the inside of your brain atrophies or whatever, and like maybe the corpus callosum, which where they they connect, like starts to like deteriorate. Again, total layperson. I need to go to freaking WebMD or whatever. Hey Google. Hey, Alexa, please tell me what, anyway, Barry and Gil, Gil, Gil's got like deeper access than Barry. Barry's got like, you know, cortex, like our cortex level access, like he's on the surface surface, and then Gil is like in that gray matter in the, in the, in between. And then Seamus, I think is down in your, in your medulla oblongata or whatever, where he's like at the power source, like uh, he's at the main, the main switch where if you let you get to that point, it's, it's hard to let Seamus not eat away at your soul. But with Gill, you can still fight back. Uh, that would be what I would say to Austin in response to that question is you keep them from eating away at your soul by surrounding yourself with some trusted people. And if that's only two people that you trust, that's okay. If it's even only one person that you trust, you can add one person and your spirit animal and your or your higher power if you're working a 12-step program. Like and if I were doing a twelve step program, Al would be my my higher power. Um, and I would say, Al, please grant me the the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know uh, the difference. And Al would say, I am wise, I grant it to thee. So uh, much love to our friends who are working those types of programs because, uh, they've saved so many lives. They don't work for some of us, or it's just not the right time. Like for me, um, great program, just not the right time for me because of the religious, the, the, the spiritual trappings of it. It doesn't mean to come across AA, for example, doesn't mean to come across as like gaudy or whatever. You know, they say your your higher power can be anything. It can be anything. Uh, but for me, there's just so many, so many, like with the the 40 years of Christian training that I have in me and training other people, it's just not the right time for me. But I will tell you, regardless of your program, you need a program, you need something. And if your program is starting with an inanimate object, like for Austin, it's Bernie, Bernie, the sloth that she is lavender scented. She puts him in the microwave, which is kind of twisted. If I put my owl in the microwave, he's like, please don't put me in the microwave because I will melt. And I would be inconsolable if anything happened to Al, uh, like an accidental microwave, like think would that really ever happen? I mean, I've done some dumb shit, but microwave my owl by accident. I hope I haven't done that or, or, I mean, I hope I haven't done anything of that caliber and never will. And yeah, I don't worry. Al. I will not microwave you, but Austin's got Bernie, the sloth, and she will um, cuddle with him as she sleeps. She says like, he is uh, he's a person for her. Like Al is a person for me. Like Al, Al, Al is a there's this is not just a personification uh, technique in storytelling or something, reading Shakespeare with the boys. And if you want some life lessons, holy crap, read some Shakespeare. I hadn't read it since uh, early high school. And God that, Billy Shake was was quite the writer, was he not? And uh, caught, captured all of human foibles in their delightfulness, in their darkness. Um, again, yeah. So wow, what a literary episode. We get Edgar Allan Poe, we get some William Shakespeare thrown in here. But uh, to answer Austin's uh, teaser, wetting our appetite, uh, question. How do you keep guilt from eating away at your soul? You have to get someone else in your life because when you, when Gil starts to get on that inner part of your brain, when he starts to get in there and it starts to get near that corpus callosum, whatever. And he's starting to talk on both sides of your brain. Ooh, it's going to get harder. You can still fight back then. And you can still fight back when Seamus is in control, uh, we're just going to talk about that in a couple episodes about how like how serious it is when we let shame take over Gil is like really the tipping point, in my opinion, like it, the, the longer we listen to Gil, the more we let him read the rap sheet to us, the more authority he has, and then it snowballs and the easier it is for us to listen to him again. So how do you keep him from eating away at your soul, you get other people to tell you that you're not a worthless bag of crap, because you're going to feel like a worthless bag of crap Sobriety's dumb, it's hard. I don't like it. I don't like a lot of the feels that I feel. They're dumb. And you know what? They're human feelings and they're the human feelings, the authentically human feelings that I've been avoiding for decades by drinking. Well, I mean, I had about a decade off, but like progressively, where it's like, oh, I just want to relax. I'll just have a beer. And I was okay for like that for a year or so. And then it was a couple of, you know, and then it was once. One, you know, two or three times a week. And then it was a couple. And then, well, I'm not really buzzed, so I'm fine. And then you start to build that, like, base level tolerance, right? And you're like, oh, what's three or four? It's three or four just once in a while. But I wasn't drunk. I was only buzzed. And off it goes, right? It's the same way with Barry and Gill with the rap sheet. Like, the more you listen to little embarrassments, more Gill's going to be like, hey, 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 look, 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 it's not that bad. It's not that bad. You can drink. And, hey, you can make us a go away for the for the low, low price of just one more drink. Right Conniving, manipulative bastards, I hate you, guys, and I will win, I will beat you, but it won't be I who beats you. It will be we who beats you together, Barry and Gill, coming for your ass. This silver family's coming for your ass. And so what we want you all to do, sisters and brothers out there, of whatever persuasion you are, or sexual orientation, gender identity, political, whatever, old young. Rich, poor, somewhere in between, like maybe you, you know, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and in, I don't know, I don't actually hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I'd like, maybe, maybe you don't like the Cincinnati Bengals, that's okay, like, but no matter what your, no matter what your persuasion is, it's actually the LA Chargers. We're really a Chargers family. I should have said that from my firstborn. Let's go, let's go, Justin Herbert, we got it this year, brother. Um, anyway, like wherever you're at. We want you to send us some questions, comments, uh, give us feedback on the podcast. Even if you're not writing to give us uh, a question for uh, part 2 point three q whatever it's going to be when Austin's back in here in the studio with me, uh, with Al and me, and she's got Burning with her, when we're going to de- dig deeper into Gil and, and his the way he connives his way into that inner part of your brain where he's trying to link up with Seamus uh, as the as the chief of the committee send us a question you can reach out to us again on instagram at ikagbpod uh or on twitter same handle ikagbpod. or you can email us IKAGBPod at gmail.com and uh, once we get our act together we will have that friggin tiktok up i've been i've been i've been hyping that for like four episodes now i'm gonna get it together y'all Sorry, I had a little bit of a like mental head gasket blow last week, and I went self-referred to the VA and ended up just going to inpatient facility for a few days to get my mind right. I spent a lot of time sleeping, a lot of time writing, and um, they tweaked my meds. And I was I'm better for it. Again, great opportunity for Barry to be like, but look, oh, you had to go inpatient again," uh, and then Gil's like, "Oh yeah, man." You're just milking it. You're just trying to build a case to sustain your disability payments for only all this crazy shit. It's shit. It's all lies. I'm not a bad person. I am not an evil, conniving, manipulative person. I will speak kindly to myself. This is uncomfortable. I feel like I'm being conceited right now. And I'll acknowledge that. And I will tell you all that the only reason I can say these things right now is because of all of you. And that's going to sound like some really badass kissing, but it's true. Uh, because the people that I've gotten to know in the last hundred five days, and really it was about the last hundred, last hundred fifty days or so since I started um, listening in on the Reframe app, it's you, beautiful people, that have told me uh, that I can do it. You've told me that I'm not bad. You've told me that I'm kind, and that I'm that my energy that my energy helps you. Um, that um, I had a fellow veteran friend that I just made yesterday uh, via our app who, um, I, he'd emailed me some of the things said, Hey, thanks for your share today. And, you know, here's a little bit about myself and I, you know, wow, this is a crazy story. And I said, I see your crazy story and I raise it. I sent him back like the 4,000 word, uh, drama fest that I had sent to one of our VA docs to kind of like prep her for, you know, the counseling that I hope to do with her at some point. And, um, he wrote back and he was like, wow, man, wow, that's a lot. And he told me, he said, my initial reaction is that you're strong. And I told him, thank you for that, because uh, what it feels like, what I tell myself is that I'm a failure, I'm a fraud, uh, that I'm a charlatan, that this is all an act. And those are lies. They don't feel like lies because I've allowed them. I've allowed Barry and Gil to conspire to neurally wire my brain a certain way. And I've allowed, I mean, and I, you know, the army reinforced those things for uh, ostensibly noble purposes to complete. Uh, combat missions overseas and then, you know, support missions stateside uh, for our country. Okay, but still the operant conditioning is there. The Pavlovian uh, responses are there. You do good, you get praised, you screw up, you do pushups, and you get yelled at. Uh, and that doesn't go away. And You don't have to be in the military to have that happen to you. So sober family, I've been talking for about 40 minutes and uh, I think I'm going to wrap it here with a final uh, request that you reach out to us and send us questions for the second part of this second part of the itty bitty shitty committee series. Uh, Let's see, let me get, pull up real quick because one of the other things I want to do that we started doing last time, um, Austin picked Australia to be the country of the episode. And so again, shout out to all my Aussie friends down under, I'm still looking for that first Kiwi friend uh, on Instagram. If you are a Kiwi, you're already following me, please message me and say, I am from the beautiful land of New Zealand, which is on the bucket list, along with Australia, with Tasmania, along with a lot of other uh, Oceania uh, places down there. I am just stalling so I can pull this up. And we can say that the country of the episode is Sweden. I want to thank our Nordic friends who are up in because we also have uh, listeners, uh, a recent new listener from Finland uh, and Sweden. So we're looking for uh, the oh, my God, like, are you freaking kidding me? Oslo, Norway, like, God, we do this. We do these Norway. We're looking for a Norwegian listener. So Sweden, shout out to you guys and gals up there uh, to our one percent of listeners. And Spotify says that um, you're from, it must be three listeners at least because you're from, uh, one's from Stockholm, one's from Västra Götaland. Sorry, I'm probably totally butchering because I don't know how to read, how to emphasize the umlauts. And then uh, Skane is, Skane is the third geographic location. Sweden, you guys rock. And um, so with that being said, uh, Al and I, on behalf of Austin, and Bernie. Invite you to keep coming back here to I Kissed Alcohol. Goodbye. Please like, rate, and review, and share this little podcast so that somebody out there who needs to hear a word of encouragement might hear it. You never know, you might save a life. So screw the the, the one penny per, you know, ad play that we get. Screw the the number of followers and the the reach and all that BS. This is about saving people's lives because if it weren't for a lot of you people this guy right here might not be here right now so with that being said now you ready to wrap this let's say goodbye alcohol and hello life we'll see you next time here on i kissed alcohol goodbye peace